Hello listeners, it's Lewis. Just to let you know that we'll be away for the next few weeks, but we'll be back with new episodes and more special guests very soon. In the meantime, please keep spreading the word about the podcast. If you haven't rated or reviewed us yet, why not take the opportunity? And who knows, we may even give you a personal thank you on the pod. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Muppet Sational, the UK's biggest Muppet Show podcast, hosted by three huge Muppet fans. Join us each week as we dive into an episode of Jim Henson's classic variety show, now finally available on Disney+. Plus. This week, it's season two, episode 15, starring the sexy and soulful Lou Rawls. It's time to get things started on the chronological, explorational, conversational, Muppetsational! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode. Of Muppetsational. I'm Lewis Chandler. I'm Jade Turner. And I'm Emma Chandler. And we are usually here every week to discuss another episode of The Muppet Show, but this week we're going to be keeping a running track of of Emma's blood sugar level, which we were all just laughing about before we came on air. Yeah, it's a thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the time I've got is 8.23 at... Uh, at eight forty, whatever, we'll we'll check back in and see and see what number we're at. How are you doing otherwise? Yeah, not too bad. A little bit tired, but not too bad. Jade, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I feel like I've got a bit more energy than Emma, which is uh, which is a good thing. But also, you and I are on the vino, so uh, and it's a Friday, <laughs> so it is. It is, um, it's not just any Friday, it is also my last Friday as a 20-something. 20-something-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it's my, yeah, and uh, by the time you listen to this episode, I will be in my 30s. <laughs> mm. Oh, Lewis. So, oh, Welcome. Oh, God. So, yeah. <laughs> no! <laughs> no, we've left, we've left so, the gate slightly ajar for you at this point, yeah. okay? <laughs> it's actually off its hinges. Yeah. It's just... From from age, yeah. So um, if I sound slightly more broken the next time you <laughs> on next week's episode, uh, you will know for why because I will now be in my thirties. Um, well, <laughs> on, on that, that note, note, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna have a little swig of wine. Just oh, delicious chin chin. Uh, that's actually the name of the wine. That's not just me being really pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> Although it could be, to be fair. Um, Jade, why don't you kick us off with a little production information? I will indeed. So this episode was originally broadcast on the 16th of December, 1977. It was written by Jerry Jewell, Joseph A. Bailey, Jim Henson and Don Hinckley and directed by Philip Casson. And Emma, please do tell us more about Lou Rules because... The first thing that uh, happened when I tried to tell Rich, who was on this episode of The Muppet Show, was that I realised that his name sounds like Lou Rolls, and then I kind (laughs) of lost it. (laughs) So I need to know more than that. We need to know. Okay, yeah. So Lou Rolls was a record producer, singer, composer and actor. 
Um, he released more than 60 albums and sold 40 million That's records. Mad. Um, he was born in 1933. Um, the height of his career was in the 60s and 70s. And his most well-known song was one called You'll Never Find Another Love Like Mine. And he did gospel, jazz, R&B. That was his whole kind of vibe. And he won three Grammys. And mm. he passed away in 2006. <laughs> <laughs> just another classic ever. Just, and he died in 2006. End scene. <laughs> and he's dead. <laughs> not, she's skinny, Amber, not death. I don't think I ever should announce everybody's death because everyone should get to hear Emma <laughs> say generally what they achieved in their life and then happily say and they passed away in yeah get emma to do the obituaries and on the radio yeah. queen elizabeth is dead, dead. <laughs> oh i really liked the vibe of lou rawls i uh me too yeah, I yeah. Liked him. he was fun question do did we find lou rawls attractive no i knew you were gonna ask that <laughs> Just... Look, I think we've gone through hundreds of years of female oppression. Not me, obviously. But, you know, I think the very least we could do is switch it around and objectify every male guest we have on the Muppet <laughs> Show. Because, to be fair, we do get more male guests than we get we females. Do. This is true. Emma, Lou Rolls or Lou... You don't roll with <laughs> No <me>. rolls. <laughs> no rolls. No rolls. Sausage rolls. <laughs> new, yeah, Lou Rolls or new rolls. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say no rolls. <laughs> Yeah. I am going to say Lou Ro- <laughs> like yes, yes. <laughs> I'm just going to say yes. Yeah, the vibe, the voice, all of the outfits. It was uh yeah. Word for me. <laughs> so another win for me. I really did like his vibe and I thought he played very nicely with the Muppets as well. Like he was very at ease and clearly a very stark contrast from Alton last week. So <laughs> the one he could actually act. Yeah. So that was great. <laughs> so it was a bonus. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, there there was there was nothing beyond just like, oh, you have a nice voice. That's good. Uh, he had good vibes, good <laughs> chemistry. I liked it. Um, shall we jump straight into the episode? Yeah, let's do it. So obviously we land on the cold open in the dressing room and we've got Sam the Eagle again. We have. I, it's a lot of Sam recently, which I'm not complaining about at all, but it's nice that he's getting getting a bit of screen time because I do feel like we've had big chunks before where we've not really seen him at all. Yeah, I agree. I was slightly concerned at the end of this cold open when uh, Lou did his double oh, take and I, I use that <laughs> and I use that term loosely <laughs> to camera. That was the <laughs> that was a very rough double take. I realised that I did a double take at his double take because I didn't realise that he was doing a double take. I was like, was that a double take? <laughs> it was so bad. But luckily that was the only real bad spot in his performance, I would say. Yeah. yeah, I agree. His very natural delivery through the rest of the episode and just very easily conversational with the Muppets and funny. I think this bad double take unnecessarily put the uh, put the heebie-jeebies in me. Because yes. I was like, oh God, please tell me he can he can do dialogue scenes. I was exactly the same. I wonder if this was literally like the first thing they shot and he just hadn't settled in yet. Yeah. Also, asking somebody to do a double take is actually quite difficult. <laughs> 
I'm kidding. I'm I'm not kidding. I have been in shows where I've had to do a double take, and the director has taken me through it. You think it's just like a what? but it's not. It's 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 so much more. That's what you that's what you pay the big bucks for the training. Come on, Lewis, give us your best double take. I know no one can see it, but we can. Okay. Uh. Okay. I'll just. <laughs> Was... You can tell by their reaction. It was very good. <laughs> it was better than Lou Rolls. Let's put it that way. That's not a high enough bar. I'm joking. <laughs> it was very good. It was very good. Thank you. Yeah, but again, can I like? I don't want to harp on about this, but when Kermit introduced him, I did write down Lou Rolls as in Lou Rolls because <laughs> I I hadn't appreciated like I hadn't said his name out loud before I'd watched the episode and it was only when Rich was like oh who's the guest this week and I said it and I was like oh god this poor guy like obviously in America it probably didn't cause any problems at all but over here would have been confusing see weirdly that did not come to my mind whatsoever Emma did it come to yours no not really (laughs) yeah it really didn't occur to me well actually (laughs) Maybe it speaks to my uh, homosexual proclivities. Actually, I just kept thinking, I got Lou Rules, I count them. I just went straight to, went straight to Dula Peep. <laughs> no, I was just like, it sounds like Lou Roll. Poor guy. Poor guy. I quite liked the Statler and Waldorf. Uh, we're old, give us a break at the start of the... Uh... Yeah, I'm going to use that at the start of uh, the next episode that we do. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, but this yeah. is now the second episode in a row where we've had Gonzo repeating trumpeting. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Where Where is Gonzo? We've not actually seen a new bit of Gonzo in so long now. Where is he? Well, we do get a bit of new Gonzo in this episode. Unfortunately, <laughs> it pops up in a place that we, <laughs> we were promised <laughs> we would never go again. I, know. I literally cannot. I felt I was like... Am I watching the right episode? I feel like I've gone back in time. We will get to it when we get to it. <laughs> Maybe that's just where he's hanging out, though. Maybe that's why we haven't seen him that much. Then somebody needs to tell him to get out of there. <laughs> he needs to make like Jordan Peele and get out. Oh, Lewis. Sorry. Well, it's sorry. Nope has been on all the sides of the it buses. <laughs> so it's been it's fresh in the mind. I feel like have you, seen you could yet? have maybe done a quicker joke with that, though, and said someone just needs to tell him like Jordan Peele. Nope. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> well, maybe like Jordan Peele, one of us could have done it. Okay, that's it. We've done all three. Now it's fine. <laughs> the Twilight Zone is where he would... Have a better time being. <laughs> but maybe not Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately that was not. It had some great. good episodes, but on the whole, yeah. yeah, fine. Maybe if one of us could find the key, we could peel him away <laughs> from oh that sketch. And that, I believe, is all of <laughs> Jordan Peele's screen work that we have managed to get through. I mean, the only other one I could think of is Toy Story 4, but I don't know how you're going to get uh, <laughs> Bunny and Ducky ah. into this. <laughs> Oh my god. God, I remember watching that scene where they talk about how they're going to get the key from that old lady who owns the antique shop. I just remember the whole audience being like, what the fuck is happening? Like, when it just keeps jumping out at that old lady. Just, what a strange film. My line on Toy Story 4 is that it is absolutely the funniest Toy Story. Like, they just chucked so much comedy at it. I, I yeah. genuinely, like, 
I don't think I've ever laughed that hard at a Pixar film as I laughed at Toy Story 4. I mean, I don't understand really the point of it. We didn't need it. Toy Story 3 has such a perfect ending. But for the sheer amount of laughs it gave me when I saw it, like... It's also got that thing of like, wow, we now have 25 characters that we're all just like trying to jostle about. You hardly see Buzz. I mean, it's like the the, the second, you know, the the co-anchor of the other three films. And you're like, where are you, Buzz Lightyear? Like, just non-existent. And then they gave him a Uh, film. He was probably, maybe he was busy off shooting his uh, his spin-off. Which I haven't seen. Or whatever no, God, it's sitting there on Disney Plus for free. And I'm like, no, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm good. Anyway, let, we, this is not a... Uh, a Toy Story 4 podcast. Or, a, yeah, a Jordan Peele podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because Emma doesn't like the scary pictures. No, she does not. <laughs> Nope's not too scary, Emma. I feel like you could probably get away with Nope. <laughs> I think it's still too scary for Emma's. <laughs> Delicate constitution. Yeah. <laughs> I think anything where even just the vibe is things are amiss <laughs> is <laughs> it's too much for Emma's. <laughs> like, True. Unless there's a com- yeah, the comforting presence of like David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson there and <laughs> the promise that neither of them will be killed <laughs> because it's network television. Because they've got 23 more episodes to shoot this season, goddammit. Yeah, and a, and a buttload of money to be shipped up to Canada. So <laughs> anyway, right, let's... Uh, so, uh, the main plot of this episode is Fozzie's on roller skates. Fozzie's on roller skates. It's so bizarre. No. I Again, I just thought, are we back in season one? Oh. I could not disagree more. I thought it was the cutest yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm with you, Lewis. It was so cute and it was so funny. And just, you heard him before he even got on screen. And straight away, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. Fozzie on roller skates, like... You just, there's only one way this is going to go, which is badly. And that's yeah. just amazing. Emma, did this not work for you? Oh, I don't know. I think, I mean, it was funny and it was quite good to see Fozzy as one of the main plots. But I don't know. I think just because we had like at the dance and we had like loads of season one flashbacks. I don't know. When I was watching it, I was a bit like, oh, I don't really feel like we've moved forward in this episode. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. So you mean like more the episode as a whole felt a bit of a a step back. I guess like, I know what you mean. I was kind of thinking like, oh, what is the A plot in this? But for me, it, it got away with it because it was genuinely funny. For me, one of the problems with season one was that obviously there wasn't really any through line particularly and it was just like the bad puns and the bad jokes that we didn't find funny. Mm. I actually don't mind that in the backstage business if it's funny and this is funny and it still ties in because Fozzie's meant to go on first but can't because he hasn't mastered roller skating yet and then it messes up the whole running order You know, that means obviously we'll get to it, but you have the whole business with Swedish chef and everything. And then you do finally get Fozzie going on. And then also it still leads into the goodbyes as well. And I feel like that was enough structure. And also that sense that we've said, talked about before about them playing with it too. Like, again, they feel confident enough to be able to sort of to call out the fact that Swedish chef's meant to be going on in the second half and different things like that. There was just something really charming and lovely about it. I totally know what you mean, Emma. The sort of concept of the plot is basically Fozzie is bad on roller skates. 
is in a way a bit of a thin runner for an entire episode however i agree with what jade said it showed that season two development because it wasn't just purely isolated to just the backstage it affected what was yeah that's true yeah yeah it was you know uh you know it 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 wasn't just sort of cast off on this little Mm. thing on its own so yeah i think i can see i yeah i can see where you're coming from but i i do think it was it was stronger than maybe uh you might have given it credit for however (laughs) <laughs> the the reappearance of at the dance is an entirely unforgivable and i blame jade <laughs> i don't see how this is my fault this was shot in 1977 when i was many minus years old like this is not my fault you promised us <laughs> i didn't promise <laughs> emma was there <laughs> You promised both of us. <laughs> You'd obviously had some wine. Emma had had a Freddo. Like, this is... <laughs> Look how quickly she turns on us with our vices, Emma. <laughs> this is a woman who's not to be trusted. <laughs> I know, it's because you repeatedly keep blaming me for at the dance, which obviously I have nothing to do with. I'm not happy when it shows up either. You should see the... Somebody has to take the blame, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly it's the Muppet Show. You should see the Liz Lemon eye roll I do every time it turns up. And that's not just because I hate it. It's because I also know that I'm about to get vilified on the podcast. And yet again, it's my fault. Look, we know that I am the Jenna Maroney to your Liz Lemon. And Emma is maybe Kenneth? I I was going to say Kenneth. Or maybe like one of Kenneth's birds. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> actually well is this really is emma pete <laughs> oh maybe a bit of pete <laughs> a Kenneth pete cross hybrid <laughs> yeah <laughs> as long as i'm jenna <laughs> genocide genocide i just don't hear this <laughs> lou rolls <laughs> okay right let's i just let's don't hear bring it, it back people let's bring it back <laughs> All right, groovy people, let's move it into the first number from Lou. I like groovy people. I like to be around the groovy, groovy people, yes. I don't like nobody that's got an ego. Don't like to sit around and hold a conversation with somebody who don't know where he wants to go. Give me the simple life full of fun and joy. And you see, I'm just a big old country boy. Hey, and I like groovy people. I like to be around the groovy, groovy people, yeah. I thought this song was great. In terms of the actual song, I had never heard it before, but I thought it was fab. So it is Groovy People, and it's from Lou's album, All Things in Time, which uh, was from 1976 and was his real big breakout album. The song that Emma said, whose name I've already forgotten, that was his big hit that was on this album. Emma, what was the song? Uh, You'll Never Find Another Love Like Mine. That's the one. Nice. The song's fun. Like it's Yeah. A... <laughs> yeah, it's got a good yeah. it had a good vibe to it and I kind of like the little chorus that came bobbing along. You mean the Sleaze brothers? Oh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've subscribed to their OnlyFans before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh Jerry Nelson and Richard Hunt 
I'm guessing doing dual puppetry of two each. Yeah. Because it was just... <laughs> like smoking a tree. <laughs> <laughs> just... And that. Uh, yeah, do it, doing the Sleeves Brothers. I mean, I really liked that they had microphones because I don't think we've really seen that that much with Muppets at no. this point. No, they're always just kind of yeah. projecting, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. Or lip syncing. <laughs> that one at the front, I think it was sort of an orangey colour, had a real, like, overbite, I thought. To its with its chin. I don't know if you two noticed that. Did any what were, were any of them different looking to one another? Yeah, that one had like a real big chin. Oh. I thought they were all just the same but with different coloured hair. <laughs> no, if you go back, that one I like that it was just <laughs> I won't. I know but... you won't. <laughs> but if people listening go back. The other three had sort of like normal whatnot shaped faces. And that one had like mm. it just looked like it had an overlap ah. to me. Yeah, huh? that is, is that an overbite or underbite? I always get it. Oh, no, no, no. Is that, so if I do that, is an that underbite an underbite? is the is bottom it, is it teeth and an overbite is the top teeth, isn't it? Wait, but Emma, wouldn't that be the same thing as overbite, if the bottom underbite. teeth are under and the top teeth are over the, f- are over? <laughs> isn't that, <laughs> you can't, that would be an this under overbite. and over. Anyway, whichever one means that your chin sticks out. He had that one. <laughs> He's got the Kira Knightley's. <laughs> But I came to the cure and I look quite. Go on, Lewis. I look quite pretty. Oh my <laughs> that was goodness! Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, Norrington. Parle. Weirdly, she's Peter and I out of boredom during lockdown rewatched and then watched for the first time like the fourth and fifth oh i've never Paris. seen those ones yeah well this to be fair this was also before all the very untoward stuff about <laughs> i mean who must quite a lot had already out. come out lewis but sure yeah but not the no this was first first lockdown okay. i know like obviously we were like he's a skis but we didn't know he was like a full-on you know anyway scum um, <laughs> <laughs> although did you hear apparently he's um uncle fester in this wednesday Adams. no shut um, up really yeah that's what do is saying that it's like they're trying to keep it desperately under wraps because they don't want it all to get dragged down. But apparently he's Uncle Fester. I mean, I think it looks really strange anyway, and I don't really know. It if... looks very weird. I won't be no. watching. <laughs> we won't. Be we watching. won't be participating. Yeah, this this will not become uh, <laughs> Wednesday Sational. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it will, but about or... Christina Ricci. Uh... <laughs> nice. Look, we could just do Yellow Jackets, although not Emma, because that, again, that show is also not for Emma's. <laughs> Oh, Emma, you're missing out on watching Yellow Jackets. It's so good. Anyway, um, I think Emma can if she has a parent or guardian with them. <laughs> I did. I did manage to show Emma the first four Scream movies. That's pretty good going. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I suggested we could watch the fifth Scream movie when Emma is up in London <laughs> over for dinner, just both she and Peter went. Um, <laughs> no. Then <laughs> we watched Bob and Star. <laughs> We did. We went for a complete left turn instead, and we watched Barb and Star. Oh, what a great movie! Anyway, um, so the only kind of problem I had with this number because I thought Lou was really charming, the song was great. I enjoyed that they had like this little doo wop group in the front. I kind of just wish actually that the Muppets were interacting more with Lou because he was throwing little asides to them. And they didn't change, like they didn't reply or they didn't interact a bit more. And it's strange because, you know, the complaint we usually have is like, oh, we want more Muppets in the guest numbers or the guest songs or we want. And it seems strange that literally we have a guest who is 
throwing out these little, hey, such and such and such, or over here. And not even like a little turn round from one of the whatnots or something. I don't know. It just, it just felt for a performer who was giving so much. I was kind of disappointed that the Muppet performers weren't matching it. Yeah, I completely agree. I just felt like it was very, very basic staging and they just sort of gone, okay, we're just going to have the Sleaze brothers and they're just going to be the backing singers and Lou's just going to do his thing and they're going to do their thing and that's it. And it didn't really feel like it had been particularly well planned or thought through or developed beyond that. I didn't mind it. I think primarily because, as we've already said, the song was quite fun, but actually like yeah. the performance there really wasn't actually that much to engage with visually in terms of how they were sort of doing it. Yeah. I was a bit disappointed that they, they didn't take it like just that bit further. Mm. Emma, what did you make of it? Yeah, I thought Lou was a really good performer, like both you guys said. But yeah, it was quite a shame that like the chorus wasn't as interactive with him. What did you think of the variation on the on the background, Emma? I mean, yeah, it was okay. It was very like 70s game show, I thought, with yes! like, the flashing yeah. bulbs. Oh my god, you're so right. It was like a game show. But I do like <laughs> they, they seem to have variations on the here's our Broadway performer, like yes. yeah. <laughs> and this is our He's a jazz man. <laughs> I wonder if that's a bit Vegas for that sort of time. I don't know. I don't, maybe, actually, yeah. I could see Austin Butler as Elvis performing in front of that. <laughs> <laughs> All the Gen Z kids have discovered, have now seen Elvis because it's now streaming. And it's all over TikTok again. So, like... <laughs> Is it going to be the new running up that hill? Oh my God, yeah. No, I don't think it's going to be that. It'll just be, it seems to be falling into the same kind of like Lana Del Rey group of like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe what those little Gen Z kids are doing. They're a mystery to me. <laughs> because you're nearly 30, Lewis. I will flip this table. <laughs> that's, I'm nowhere near the table. I don't know how that's a Damn threat. it, you got me again. <laughs> Oh, wait, it's 2049. Emma, beep yourself in. How are we doing? Oh, yeah, I do need to actually do that. So let's find out. <laughs> wait, can we... Let's have a game. Like, what number should it be? And then let Jade and I do, like, a Price is Right guess what it is. <laughs> right, so what number should it be, Emma? Well, it's not that. It's more just me trying to stabilise it. So uh, you've seen that I've eaten two Freddo. So what do you think it is? No, but I, I need I need more I need more understanding. We of... need some form of context, Emma. Well, I take uh one unit of insulin for every ten grams of carbs that I eat, and I okay, took six. No, again, this. Okay. So, okay, so you took six. So... I need I need to even know what like number range we're meant to be looking for. I'm like <laughs> one thousand. Like no, you. It's from like five onwards. To what? <laughs> Well, it shouldn't be more than like double figures, so like not more than ten, really. Oh, okay, right, okay. I'm <laughs> thank you. Like literally, I'm going to be like sixty-two. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna guess seven. I'll guess eight. No, six point five. Oh, very good. Yes, I win. Yay! Right, well, I'm probably gonna have to eat a load of chocolate though before I go to bed because that's too low to go to bed on. Fantastic. Oh. Well, we'll check back in at ten past nine and, and see <laughs> see who's closer. <laughs> Maybe Jade, we can see whether we stick or twist <laughs> with our yeah. numbers. Oh, I'm so I'm glad your diabetes is a fun game for us. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> 
<laughs> we just need uh, the groovy people backdrop now to uh, bring it to life for everyone. Yeah. The Statler and Wardorf button on the end of this with the fantastic singer, So Am I. <laughs> Can you sing solo? Solo I can't hear. Yeah. Was yeah. a great little zing. Yeah. I mean, it seems to be consistent now that we get the performers coming off the stage when we go backstage, which is really nice. Kermit saying to them like, oh, very groovy and everything was, it just, again, for an episode that didn't have that much story, mm. it, like there was a real nice flow to the episode, I thought. Really nice just scene setting. They come off yes. the stage, where's Fozzy? Fozzy comes rolling on and about. Then realising that, oh God, that means we get need to get the newsreader on. And so we rush to do that. And then... We go into the Muppet News Flash. Mm -hmm. I, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's exactly, it, this is my shit. <laughs> this is what yeah. I want. Well, and also I think like Fuzzy goes flying in that scene. So like they're not wasting any time. Yeah. You know, it's not only hilariously funny that Fuzzy's absolutely not in control at all, but yeah. you're not dawdling backstage of like Fuzzy mucking about. There is just a really, really good rhythm to all of it. Yeah, I thought that one was quite a fun one because it's that's the one where he crashes through the door, the exit doors, is it? No, that's a little bit later on. Actually, that's oh, later. okay. Yeah, yeah. I've got to say though, Frank's puppeteering all the way through this entire episode oh of of Fozzie's various trips, falls, wobbles, hanging onto the curtain. Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, we didn't even mention that uh, yeah, that little so wipe, good. a very effective wipe. Of um, you know, going through, mm. you never for a second didn't doubt that Fozzie's two real legs were on a pair of roller skates standing on the ground. Fozzie was roller skating. Yeah, like I, nothing else was happening there. Fozzie was roller skating. It was amazing. Puppetry magic. Uh, it that is full puppetry magic. Yeah. I never questioned it once. Yeah, so good. Lewis, do you want to talk about your? I know he's not your your favorite anymore but you're uh Look, <laughs> your crush well you know <laughs> newsman and beaker are they exist in very different places <laughs> <laughs> one is in my heart one is in my bed you know what i mean like they're just it's two very different <laughs> i just need i promise i don't actually want to have sex with them up i just <laughs> why well, do i feel like that's gonna be pulled up in a deposition someday and like <laughs> <laughs> when somebody's gonna have to try and like in my defense prove that i'm not some sort of <laughs> just deviant he did once on an episode of his own podcast that he didn't want to have sex with a felt puppet <laughs> and nobody believed him. oh god <laughs> no i'm joking i'm yeah. joking well the thing is muppet newsman quickly turns into a face of a duck and i've got to say even for a freak like me that ain't rolling <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a fairly harmless sketch, although I misheard it at first. And I thought, I genuinely thought a giant dinosaur slash duck was going to crash through the back wall of the the newsroom. I can't remember, what was it he said he had? He said he had malloditis. But the way he said it, I didn't immediately get that it was mallard yeah. in reference to a duck. See, I did. But weirdly, I thought it was like mallard and then... I like my mind immediately went dinosaur name. <laughs> it's like like a Gallimimus mm -hmm. or you know something like that. So I was expecting like a, a like a giant doctor, like the um the the giant bird in the um oh, which episode was it of the Muppet Show? Um, with the oh the weird cage that one. Yes, 
when they burst through and they put the owner in the in the cage. I can't remember. I thought we were just gonna get like a giant duck like burst through the wall and then scream like a dinosaur and then the newsman would have to run away. Because I thought it was very far back as well. I felt like we were seeing more of the newsroom in general, so I was anticipating some kind of smashing through. I think they've built that setup because you had I don't know if you noticed, but you had three clocks mm. along the top, which mm. were obviously meant to be like the time zone clocks but yeah i don't know if you also noticed but all of them were set to completely different minutes so obviously a joke that no. they're completely useless and not doing anything i feel like they've built that setup because as in they've built yeah, up I, the set yeah yeah, yeah. i got you. yeah they, <laughs> they built um, the set up <laughs> up <laughs> um <laughs> because yeah normally he's he's <laughs> Lewis cracks himself up. Because uh, <laughs> normally he's framed yes. head, shoulders, desk. So <laughs> he is. He's toes. Like, isn't it ridiculous that like, we are just programmed as children just to like if anybody says head and shoulders, you just like knees and toes, knees. <laughs> Emma's not laughing, Lewis. It's fine. In ten minutes, we'll find out whether it's because of our blood. <laughs> Because we need to call the ambulance for her. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to have another emergency chocolate. <laughs> I wish I had to have emergency chocolate. <laughs> Maybe not in the same way. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't wish I had to have emergency chocolate, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't stop me from having emergency chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, Emma can have 10 cc's of veterinarian's hospital. Woo! Whoop, whoop. Yeah, so we then go into Vet's Hospital. The joke is a bit of a bizarre one. They keep mentioning nitroglycerin, which is kind of like a bit of bizarre. But then I think it's really funny because they have the whole bit where they do it and then they start questioning the voiceover. Yes. And then they're like, well, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm the voiceover guy. And he kind of does it all again. And then they restart and then, but obviously it's just like the jokes are even more terrible. And um, I thought it was quite funny as a like little sketch. Yeah. How did this stack up for you in the, in the, in the pantheon of veterinarians hospital? It's probably better than some of the pun ones we've had. Mm. It's not too bad. It was quite quick and not like overly long. So I didn't think it was too bad out of like the ones we've seen previously. I really liked this. This was giving me musical vaudeville the marx brothers three stooges style just it's it's purposely caught in a loop you as the audience member are in on the joke it's calling attention to itself they are breaking the fourth wall in a in a really interesting way like we finally hear them start you know talking to the announcer and then they get stuck in this loop i i really liked this the whole time that we've had veterinarians hospital They've always looked up to try and find the voice yeah. as well. So it's like they've sort of gone, enough is enough of us hearing this voice that we don't know where it's coming from. So not only do you have everything you've just said, Lewis, but actually it feels like a real continuation mm. of everything we've all seen before as well. It's them experimenting again with the form yeah, in some way. with form. And yeah. using sort of classic comment like who's on first style mm. you know mm. verbal humor tropes you know and that kind of you get trapped in a, a loop and the the sort of nonsense of it all 
and the repetition sort of builds the hilarity. I, I really liked it. I've always very, like, I can't imagine trying to write a sketch like that. I always think it's so clever when, when it's done well. Yeah, and I think the fact that when they performed that second go, they did it quicker. Yes. Yeah. And they also, you know, like Piggy's laugh was very like, ha ha ha. Like, oh, all let's of just them get to the next. sequence doing ha yeah. ha ha onto the, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think it would have worked if they'd literally just done the sketch again in like exactly the same way. That would have been very grating. If we'd had a Swedish chef going again around the kitchen island trying to chase the chickens yes. as as yeah. per last week. No, that would... Uh, yeah. This, yeah, this didn't feel like that at all to me. It didn't feel like time filling. It felt like a natural progression and... Oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Escalation. Escalation, exactly, Jade, of the sketch. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it, loved it. I noted down that when the announcer, uh, you know, after they'd spoken to the announcer and he said it again, because Rolf knew that the sketch was coming. I don't know if you noticed, but Rolf was like licking his paws and patting down his hair to get ready to do the sketch again as well. And it was just such a cute little detail that I was like, oh my God, Jim, you are a genius. Like, I just loved it. I feel like I've been spending the first half of this episode <laughs> trying to do that with this little, I don't know what this thing is. Like. <laughs> I don't know what that bit's doing either, Lewis. My little comb over, as my dad would say. I'm just trying to hide the receding hairline. It's because I've got no product in it. It's fine. And it's been conditioned because I burnt the bleed, I burnt the colour into it. <laughs> Emma and I have no idea what our natural hair colour is these days. Other than Emma's being a ghostly Vaseline blob. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Emma is slowly disappearing into the ether. Yeah. Do you need to put a light on Emma? The thing is, I think if I do that, you'll just see a pair of glasses. Okay, all right. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) That's the only problem. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have fun recording? Emma just became a pair of glasses. It was great. Yeah. Emma was a floating orb, <laughs> like a floating orb of nothing with a pair of glasses for reading. <laughs> oh. So after Veterinarian's Hospital, we go into Lou's first sort of big scene, as it were, after his after his number. This was where I very quickly breathed a sigh of relief because it, yes. I realised he could deliver dialogue <laughs> and he could do it very well and very naturally. I really, really like this scene. And Me too. The only thing I was slightly confused about was where it was meant to be set. But Muppet Wiki, thanks Muppet Wiki. Thank you, Muppet Wiki. <laughs> Muppet Wiki seems to think that it's meant to be outside the theatre. Well, I wondered oh. this too. Yeah. But it was so bright out and mm. also uh, nothing in that alleyway implied, like there wasn't even a sign that said stage door. No. Do you know what I mean? There was nothing. It might as well have been the Ben Vereen street set. On my second watch, I noticed that Lou did kind of come out of a like a fire escape. Yeah, there was absolutely nothing to me that actually suggested theatre. But it makes me yeah. wonder whether that's a set we're going to see again. Because Maybe. Muppet Wiki seemed to just sort of say like outside the theatre as if that was a given. So Because the scene seems like it takes place in the real world yeah this doesn't feel like something that's happening on stage Mm -mm. because they're talking as people yeah 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 i mean it it makes sense and and i guess that also ties in with floyd saying like he's taking animal for a walk which is such a cute concept as well (laughs) (laughs) an animal with his chain which is clearly doing nothing because animal can eat it at any moment but that's i mean and the focus on animals sort of like 
like it's like the breathing and trying to like maintain control and oh i just thought it was really cute it was it was so sweet and i really loved i really loved that floyd had the opportunity to kind of be normal and just like but do you know what i mean like yeah. we haven't had that much from the electric mayhem yet of them as individuals and it was really nice that they just got to have this chat and it was also all music based and that was clearly really playing into Lou's skill set and expertise mm. and everything. And he just came across as, yeah, so chilled and relaxed. And also, like, he really sold that he loves Animal as a drummer. Which, yeah. Like... yeah, it was really sweet and genuine. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It was really genuine. I always find Floyd's eyes very upset. They're weird. Weird. They weird. I was very impressed when they were able to do, like, a... A, a blink or mm. a, there was a little close-up where they did a thing but it still made me more alarmed because i was like they're just holes yep. they're just yep. cones doing nothing they look like coral or something that should mm. be under the sea they are really weird especially when you see them that close like it's just yeah very very strange <laughs> something is amiss, amiss. <laughs> <laughs> emma needed to lie down after that scene <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i thought he was really uh, Lou was really naturally funny. He had a great sort of conversational style about him. It was it, it really was everything I kind of wanted from Elton last week. Mm. He just felt so kind of... Um, and I'm very sorry to Brendan, by the way, who, who <laughs> felt I was being too harsh on Elton in uh, in our last week's episode, uh, former guest Brendan Connolly. But um, I, I, my opinion has not changed. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm very sorry. <laughs> No, it was great. And and to finish with Animal going to chase cars and then Lou rushing backwards and forwards and everything. Like, it was... Again, there was, like, a nice escalation, but it wasn't too crazy. It wasn't too much. It was just a... Yeah. A really solid little bit. And it, it that bit yeah. was really well done, I thought, because it was, like, quite believable. And, like, mm. Lou mm. really threw himself into it as well. Yeah. Yeah, there was quite a few moments where, I mean, short of the double take, where I never felt like Lou was too cool for this or he didn't seem totally at home at being able to do the comedy and then just being able to do the chat and the dialogue and then just doing the numbers and interacting with the Muppets he was such a natural good guest for the show completely agree completely agree there was no he clearly wasn't sort of reserved about doing it and yeah was just was just getting on with it. Was just hanging out with the Muppets and then getting down to some comedy and then also doing some numbers as well like yeah, what a yeah. what a great guest, basically. In short, yeah, somebody unfortunately who is not so much of a natural is poor Fozzie, and this is when we get the scene where Fozzie goes fully out the sort of the exit door. And I, I I know we've said it, so we don't really need to retread it. But Frank Oz doing those three little bumps down yes. the stairs <gasps> and then wheeling his way out. I just it was perfect. How? How? I know. <laughs> How does he do that? How does he do that? There's a feature we forgot about from a while ago. <laughs> There's not been that many times when we've needed to use it, I don't think. Like, unfortunately. Yes. But, <laughs> like, this is definitely one to say it for because... Yeah, it was. It was, it was ama- Like I said, I, when I said it earlier, like, this was amazing. Just the, like, the detail and the nuance and the movement. And, like, even the doors were, like, they behaved and how you would expect it to behave if someone crashed through like mm. an exit door it was amazing and even though those doors are only seven eighths the height of a real yeah. door as we now know <laughs> thank you jade 
Well, yeah, but that's why Fozzy looks so good going through it. Because uh. Fozzy's a little Muppet bear. <laughs> it was great. And also Swedish Chef and Kermit's reactions were both very good in this as well. Yeah. Although, did either of you notice Swedish Chef's hands in this? Just this backstage bit specifically. No. So Jim was obviously doing Kermit and mm. Frank was obviously doing Fozzy. So I don't know who was puppeteering Swedish Chef. But the killer! I, I think Louise Gold was his hands. Oh, they looked, you were trying to say whether they looked like feminine lady hands. They were quite quite feminine. Well, look, I mean, as somebody who... <laughs> these are graceful pointing fingers. These are game show hostess fingers. <laughs> these have not done a day's hard labour in their life. <laughs> These are, and your jewellery is here for yeah. you. For <laughs> your home shopping channel. Just <laughs> pointing at some daimonique. <laughs> like. Maybe they were, maybe that, but they, I don't think, because of who else was puppeteering, I'm guessing it wasn't Jim or Frank's hands. So I don't know whose hands they were. But Swedish Chef did a little bit where he put both of his hands to his face in shock at Fozzie going flying. And that was when I noticed. I was like, hmm, they don't look like your usual hands, <laughs> chef. <laughs> so if anyone knows whose hands they are, please let us know. I'd be very <laughs> interested to know. Oh, I've had a nickel for every time I had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little fun. A little humor there. <laughs> Emma, why don't you speedily take us into the next sketch? Yeah, so we go into the well, Swedish chef sketch. <laughs> Lewis has gone a shade of red that I did not know he was capable of going. It's probably the wine <laughs> and my shame. Uh... Carry on, Emma. Yeah, yeah so we go from uh. Fozzy crashing through the uh, exit door to Swedish chef being like shoved onto stage by uh, Scooter and Kermit <laughs> and chaos descends because Swedish chef has like a massive knife. I don't know what it is with this show and like they the fact that they use like real knives and then he opens. He's got a knife. <laughs> I know real knives and then he open you know takes the lid off the um I can't what is that called a cloche cloche yeah. And Paul, that's called. I think it's called a cloche. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul Robin is under there, and then he starts like saying he's going to make frogs' legs. And then I love the fact that Robin's like, "Help me, help me!" And like Kermit, he's like, "Uncle Kermit, yeah, Kermit, Kermit." And then the fact that Kermit runs in, and he's like, "Cut, cut!" And Robin's like, "Don't say cut, say stop." <laughs> I love that the logic of this is that because Swedish Chef has been rushed into doing his sketch, he the only thing he could think of was. Murder my boss's nephew. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. So, what could I cook? Him. <laughs> but also, like, he didn't have any time to prep anything. Yeah. So that means Robin was already under that cloche. Yeah, in the dish. And the fact that it's a massive knife, and it's a real knife as well. <laughs> Just like, if you think about it for more than a second, you're like, wait, how was this sketch actually going to play out? Like, were the audience just going to sit there while he took the legs off a young frog? <laughs> 
It was crazy. What was Swedish Chef's plan? <laughs> maybe he was gonna. Maybe he needed time to go to the pond down the road and get a frog out of the pond. But even so, like, <laughs> do you think, like, would you think Kermit would have just stood there and been like, "Yeah, all right." I mean, Kermit stood there and let a load of lobster banditos ride it on horseback. And, yeah, uh... but that's different because the lobsters had agency. He didn't see. He didn't see them get chucked into a pot. You know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was, it was great. It was super funny. And Robin was so tiny and scrunched up when they it first It was going to be even smaller by the time the chef was done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very, very funny. All the little details of the Swedish chef chucking his other utensils to at. Yes, I love The direction that. Of, of Kermit and Scooter uh, is great. But yeah, just, this chef wasn't raised right. No. <laughs> But he can skate, which I know we'll get to in a minute. My, <laughs> my, my God. God that, my, <laughs> my God, that chef was about to kill my nephew, but boy, can he skate. <laughs> All is forgiven. Yeah. I don't think his hands were behind his back again as well. So maybe they'd also spotted that they had, he had his delicate, murderous lady hands. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe there's just an entire subplot that we don't know where Swedish chef has had a hand transplant. He's been given the hands of a killer. <laughs> and it's made him go crazy, but also given him the ability to skate. Maybe he also had a feet transplant. <laughs> Why do I think a feet transplant sounds worse than a hand transplant? I don't know. Surely, if anything, that would be... Is it because the hand transplant, you just think of... um... (laughs) Oh, God, what's his name? John Hamm in 30 Rock, where he just gets given two hooks. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because he waved at someone while he was out of a helicopter. (laughs) Um, Isn't there something that's... You were referencing something, though, with the hands of the killer, though, right? That's something. Um, There is something. I mean, the my only point of reference is The Simpsons doing a reference to it in a Halloween special where Homer is given the hair of Snake in a hair transplant and then Homer goes on a killing spree of the people who got Snake in prison. But there will definitely be some kind of B-movie of some kind where <sighs> somebody's given a hand transplant oh my God, from the hands is... of, like, a murderer! And, uh... It's definitely a thing. This is going to bug me. Hold on. Um, Are you planning to program this (laughs) at some point in the future, Jade? (laughs) Oh, Jade, while you look that up, uh, stick or twist on Emma's blood sugar level. Oh, well, I'm worried she's going down. So I'll I'll say you're still on six, Emma. Okay. And I'm going to stay on seven. Oh, Lewis is the winner. 7.2. Oh, my God. How are you going up? Because what I'm eating is probably starting to actually kick in as well now. Uh, okay, okay, okay. We Chandlers have a fairly slow metabolism. <laughs> <laughs> you might not need that um, chocolate before bed, Emma. That might be like when you peak yeah. just before bed. Yeah, it's it's a bit of it's a fun game I like to call <laughs> high and low. What's gonna happen? <laughs> I found a couple of things, but these are not things that I've. Oh, maybe that. Maybe that's what I've. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. I swear I've seen, unless it's something else I've seen that's like riffed on it as well, possibly. Yeah, probably. It's a very like yeah. standard thing. Yeah, you know. And now we come to all of our favorite segment. Boo! Oh, it's your show. favorite, Jade. <laughs> yeah, Jade. <laughs> not my favorite. Yeah, Jade. <laughs> I hate it as much as the you Jade do. The Jade Turner Ballroom <laughs> for oh my God. at the dance. <laughs> 
definitely not called the Jane Turner ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> not least because it's going to be liable for the death of that Muppet, okay? So, you know. <laughs> I, do you know not I, like, I do not want my name anywhere near that ballroom. No, I am not liable, okay? Somebody, somebody Phantom of the Opera, that whatnot. <laughs> I did not have a murderer hand transplant, okay? Like, it, this is not me. This is not me. No, you just had a killer chandelier. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, this was bad. I don't think I laughed once. It was more just the sheer random... I did laugh yeah. when the girl got yeeted by the chandelier. I'm not going to lie, because that, <laughs> that really just smacked her right in the face. <laughs> like, But the the references to, the, to Jaws was very strange and all that she did was just turn around and grimace with some big teeth i know and, i know i mean i didn't even write down any of the other jokes because i was very much like i refuse to see it there was the cyclops there was um oh, yeah. gonzo asking a monster have you eaten my harmonica and the monster going Arr! with the harmonica in his throat uh, yeah i mean i didn't i didn't mind that one <laughs> And there was people pox from the chickens. Oh, yeah, that was just stupid. Yeah. They were the it was a, It was at least brief, but I've got to say, just I could not believe when we had that little slow pan of the... Hear that in my nightmares. That'll be what plays when I turn 30. I just hear the call of the ballroom. Shall we uh, shall we talk to Peter and make sure that he's got it lined up in time for you? Not if you want me to stay on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Emma, anything to add on the ballroom? <laughs> Feel free to not. <laughs> I mean, no. Like I said earlier, when I heard the opening bars of that music, I was just like, no. <laughs> Damn you, Jade. <laughs> I do not know how I have become personally responsible for this terrible, terrible sketch. <laughs> well, to be fair, Jade, this podcast as a whole was originally your idea. <laughs> so, so if it weren't for you, oh. I never would have seen At The Dance anyways. <laughs> <laughs> would you not have watched The Muppet Show? <laughs> I probably would have just... Li- I, do you know, I think I probably would have just dipped in and only watched episodes where I knew the guest. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, I would have missed out on a... Ho- I never would have known who Connie Stevens exactly. was. Exactly. You know, I'm, there's so much gold that I wouldn't have seen, but I also wouldn't have spent... <laughs> I what cumulatively at this point maybe like thirty minutes of my one life on this earth <laughs> watching Muppets do bad puns in the Jade Turner Memorial Ballroom. I'm not dead for a start. <laughs> Your career will be after you get sued because of that chandelier. Fine. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I said the Jade Turner Memorial. <laughs> Maybe you've got the murderous hand <laughs> transplant. And, uh... <laughs> Not good at mine. <laughs> okay, well, it's like when it's like when one of my friends started calling me. What did you if you watch the Betty and Joan feud? Uh, a lot of it takes place at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, <laughs> and one of my friends just started calling me Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. Just... <laughs> anyway. Very funny. So somebody called Zoe de Chanel because we're looking for a ukulele girl. <laughs> ukulele lady. Sorry, lady, lady. <laughs> ukulele lady. Oh my god. Oh, this was cute. Yeah, it was so cute. Super cute. When I saw Piggy on that moon, I was like, I literally was like, oh, this is adorable. And my god, she is thin. Yeah, I 
I wrote down... Oh, I wrote down... That is some lean pork mint, baby. I wrote down, Miss Piggy's waist, non-existent. I know. (laughs) Wearing some sort of nude corset, or maybe she's just been, you know... I don't know, but she was... That was great. Enviable. She'd been on it. Yeah. But she's still got her tights on, which is slightly concerning to me, because the pig needs liberating (laughs) from the tights. I thought it was perfect. Let and Miss then, Piggy's legs uh, breathe, God damn it! And not to jump down, but then she started singing that if I like a you I and know, you we like got the a me. And, yeah, from Mimi and So Lovely. Yeah. Under the I was so happy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, this is great because we still get a Judy reference in this episode. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Yeah, this was so cute. I love to linger in the moonlight. Fond memories cling to me by moonlight, although I'm far away. Boom, boom, and all the beaches, boom, boom, are full of peaches, boom, boom, who bring their ukes along. And in the glimmer of the moonlight, they love to sing this song. If you so it's ukulele lady it's from 1925 richard a whiting did the music and gus khan did the lyrics which i had to do a double take on that when i first read it i was like gus khan what's he doing doing lyrics in 1925 but it's gus khan yeah, I think has become a bit of a standard, I think, over time. Yeah, it's a cute one. Yeah, it's really, really sweet. I loved them with their lays around their necks and the tropical shirts and the straw hats. And like, again, I said uh, last week, didn't I, that like Kermit doesn't get that many outfits, but he's in another outfit this week. It's he like is. Letting Kermit, Kermit do some numbers. It's it was very great. cute. What was the name of the third Muppet who's in this? Uh... I don't know. Emma, do you know who that was? Um, No, I'm not sure who that was, actually. Um, Yeah, I don't know, because when I saw it, it said Kermit and Miss Piggy, but I don't know if they named the other Muppet, actually. Do we think it's just maybe just like a nondescript whatnot? Yeah, maybe it's just a little whatnot then. I did think it was interesting that it was Scooter and then a little whatnot, but I guess maybe as much as anything that was to do with... I guess Jim, Frank and Richard were all... Frank's up in the moon! <laughs> Frank's, Frank's in the sky! I mean, they could have had, like, Gonzo. I don't know if Gonzo gives off Honolulu ukulele vibes. Yeah, True. he's more like a different kind of laid. <laughs> like, he's playing with the chickens and... <laughs> that didn't really work. You could have had... Oh, I guess they didn't want another woman. I was going to say you could have had Janice. Janice would have been really cool in this. Piggy would have jumped down from that moon. <laughs> from that moon. <laughs> like I would, I did kind of hope that we might get a little moment of like Piggy accidentally tumbling out of the moon. Yeah, and, like, I hanging thought onto we the were edge, like, get something. Ah! <laughs> like yeah. looking really glamorous and just like desperately clinging onto the edge of this moon while this lovely song. Especially when it, it really started to sway at yes! one point. And I thought yes! she's going flying. It's happening. She's yeah, going flying. I thought they, they wouldn't let our girl just have a nice, beautiful no. moment. I thought they're surely going to you know, take her down a peg. But no, they let her stay up in the moon. I couldn't believe that they didn't, they didn't take her down a peg. Like, 
It was prime. She was literally floating on the moon. I There's know. so many things. Maybe she's got written into her contract, like, no Wayne and Wanda shenanigans will happen to me at this point. <laughs> well, maybe now that Miss Mousy's gone, she doesn't have to worry and, like, launch herself. And, like... Now that Miss Mousy is dead. Yeah. <laughs> She has nothing to fear. No, it was really, really lovely. It was. It was It was so sweet. Made me want to go on a nice vacation. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> on palm trees. Something I definitely do not need <laughs> is a puppet pig holding a very sedate real pig singing a song. Oh my God, it was so creepy. We need to talk about that pig because was... I don't know if you've ever seen a little piglet. But they are very active. <laughs> Lewis pulled a face at that, everyone. Uh, <laughs> piglets as in actual piglets, yeah, I Lewis. Got it. <laughs> um, they are incredibly active yeah. little animals. They gave it the same stuff that they gave to that very the sedate puppy. puppy that Rolf sang to. But puppies are known for sleeping a lot. Like, they must have given it so much of whatever that was because... There is no way. I mean, that pig was like completely glazed over. It, <laughs> it was going to be a glazed head. <laughs> 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 I bet by the time that song was finished, Swedish Chef was just waiting yeah, with, his mur- with, his, yeah, with his murderous hands and his enormous knife to glaze that ham in a different way. Hold on, though. This again makes no sense. Swedish Chef has no time to prepare. There is a live pig in the studio that day and he doesn't immediately just go and grab the pig. Jade, you wanted to watch Swedish Chef butcher a pig on stage? No, I didn't. I'm <laughs> just saying like, that... Just like, slit his throat and let it bleed out for like two minutes as a... Oh my God. God. No. But no, Obviously not. I, this was super creepy though. Su- I was like, that pig is drugged. <laughs> Again, penny for any time I've heard that. <laughs> so can I tell you some not, they're not particularly fun facts about this song. It's kind of concerning actually, mm. to be honest with you. Uh, so the song is Sunny Boy and it's from The Singing Fool, which is a 1928, basically it was the follow up to The Jazz Singer. So oh, it's, right. It's not a full-on talking musical. It's like the jazz singer in that it's still got some silent bits in it. It's and just it got was moments released... of, yeah. Yeah, sound. it was released as silent and talking. Um, but there's more talking and singing in it than the jazz singer has. <laughs> it was an absolute box office smash. It took 5.9 million at the box office, which, you know, for 1928 is a lot. Mm. And it was um, Warner Brothers' biggest release until i think the early 40s i mean it's like what? it was huge for them it took so much money i is al jolson obviously as well and he is in full blackface yes i was about to say yeah yeah um and he performs at uh this is just the name of it i'm not being racist he performs at blackie joe's cafe which <laughs> you're just like jesus christ oh, does it Lord. get any worse but so i'm like how is this the song you decide to do as the UK spot when you've got one of the rare black men performers <gasps> God, I didn't on even think of the that. show? Like, I just think it's... I mean, one, why are you even doing this song in the first place? Like, it's creepy with Link and the real pig and the drugs and whatever. Like, <laughs> but... the drugs. I love that we're just <laughs> taking it as a definitive now. Like, with they Link obviously and the pig did. There's the no drugs. way that pig was just chilling like that. Like, it didn't even flinch when he was, like, creepily I mean, the only thing it. I can think is, like, it would be like 
if we were then suddenly picked up by an enormous felt Oh my god! Unreal this. human, and then oh. sung to. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Maybe as a defense mechanism, I would stay very still, <laughs> hoping <laughs> that if I was compliant, <laughs> I might at a moment be able to escape. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like if aliens came down in big felt human suits and just no. gently picked you up and sang you a number. Oh my god! I think the choice between trying to make a run for it and be shot by a ray gun, or just be like. Okay, just go limp. Just go limp and, and, and let it happen. <laughs> just, you know, just... Okay. So who's to say? You might be onto something, but I'm pretty sure drugs were that involved. pig is paralysed with fear or drugs. Oh, Christ. But yeah, I just thought it was an incredibly bad taste that they did this during Lou's episode. Yes. I really thought that was very, very poor. Yeah. You know what? I agree, and let's move the hell on, because what else is there mm. to say about this then this is weird. Um, <laughs> we get another sort of return of the season one chat with the guest, albeit to then transition into a song. But very strange to suddenly see Kermit perched back up on that little, I don't even know what we would, you would call that, banister. It's the talk spot, isn't yes. it? I was going to say, we're back in the talk spot corner. I can't even remember what we called well, it. Well, it's been so long since we've had it. I thought they'd got rid of the set. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the bit that Kermit was sitting on did look a little worse for wear. I'm not going to lie. If you look at it, I did notice, I like, have they pulled that from the back of some kind of, you know, yeah. scenic stage, uh, you know, storage? Yeah, I think you might be right. I mean, I guess they did it because they wanted to do a sort of relaxed, jazzy number. Mm. And they wanted a bit of a different setup for it. But I don't know. I mean, I didn't mind the chat between Kermit and Lou about like Kermit saying to him, how is it that you do this? And then trying to imitate him and clearly totally failing at trying to be chill and relax and making his voice go a bit deeper and everything. But I didn't quite 100% get it, especially when we had another smash cut to the electric mayhem just magically appearing around him. I was a bit confused as to exactly what they were trying to do. Yeah, I I've, I felt the same. I thought it was quite weird that they had, obviously, this interaction first with Kermit and Lou. And then, like you say, the smash cut. And then Kermit was literally like, <laughs> I'm going to disappear. And then it's literally, he just disappears. So then we can go into the number. It's a bit of a mm. weird, like, transition. The transition is odd. However, I did really like the song. The song's fun. I liked the sort of, yeah. Like the the sort of, it's a jazzed up blackbird jive turkey as well, which always a fun term to hear. You don't hear jive turkey. Big Bird gets a shout out. And Big Bird, yes, as well. And all the other Muppets reacting to that, which I thought was very cute. Also to see Electric Mayhem scat singing. A very versatile band. Oh, they can do it all. (laughs) They can. Back up on my Karen wall, here I go, sing low, bye. Bye. Hold it, Floyd. Be cool now. Wait a minute. Somewhere somebody's waiting for me. Sugar is sweet, so is she. Goodbye. Bye, you jive turkey, you. Oh, really? I wonder if you can love all understand me. 
Oh, what hard luck stories they all each and everybody hands me. Make my bed and light the light. But I might not get home tonight, chicken. Turkey. Owl, parakeet, parrot, pheasant, partridge, minor bird, kiwi bird, hummingbird, jaybird, red bird, blue bird, big bird. I wasn't sure how you two were going to feel about the scatting because I feel like we've discussed scatting before and you weren't massive fans. I don't mind scat singing. I think it's very easy to do bad scat singing. <laughs> like if I were to do scat singing, where I'd be like, scuba boo doo doo boo. Scuba doo boo. Have I ever told you my. I was talking a story about when I was at drama school and we had a singing teacher who was perfectly nice. But one of the modules she made us do was in our in our sort of singing groups of like eight or nine, we had to come up with like a medley of songs that we all brought in and then tried to put together. But the only accompaniment we could do would be to do like or a scooper. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and so there'd be a few people singing and the rest of people would be doing percussion of the mouth. And <laughs> and I just remember we got given this project and we were so confused and it felt like whenever we tried to ask her advice, she would give such vague answers <laughs> that, that it got to a point that we just had a running joke where we would sort of be in the lunchroom sort of making fun of it, being like, oh, excuse me, Leslie, could you think of this? And she'd just be like, scooby doo <laughs> No, but actually, I really wanted to ask you whether it's Scooby Boo Boop. And that's pretty much what we did. We paid money for that. She was paid money for that. She was laughing at all of you so hard every night. She was Scooby Dooping all the way to the bank. And Emma, scatting. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like Lewis said, it needs to be done well. Otherwise, I don't know. I just find it a little bit annoying, to be honest. I thought they did a really yeah. funny job of making all of the Electric Mayhem members do it in quite a different, fun way from one another. Like, it felt very in character. Yeah. I think it also helped that Lou was really interacting with them and really reacting to how they were doing it, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That helped yeah, it. Yeah, that was really we lovely. Got, yeah, I got the kind of the repartee that I mm. wanted earlier mm. in his first number here, which I, I really appreciate. Yeah. An animal just going scat, scat, boom, boom was amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. <laughs> I don't know if there's much more we need to say about the, the sort of backstage scene that follows this one. It's kind of more of the same. Yeah, it's sort of similar. And we've already spoken about Swedish chef being a wonderful skater. So... <laughs> And a murderer. It's a triple threat. A chef, a skater, and a murderer. Uh, but we do get another Muppet Labs with my sweet baby Prince Pika, who is giving some little, little initial meeping sounds. We're slowly getting closer to the me, me, me. I can't do it. My my voice is not there. <laughs> I can't do that. But we're getting closer and closer to the to to full Beaker. I thought this was hilarious. Incredibly cute. <laughs> I mean, you could see what the punchline was going to be a mile off, but even so. Nuclear powered shaver, Beaker's face when he hears that he's <laughs> might be losing his hair to it. I feel like his hair's already taking a real battering this season. He's only. Well, yeah, it might still be a wig. Yeah. <laughs> 
he's been in three episodes and <laughs> it's not going well for his hair. No. The solid lead. Did they know about lead in the 70s or were they still gamely? Oh, what you mean about it being poisonous? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think. I don't know. I don't think they. I don't think they did because they were still painting like playgrounds oh with them, weren't? Wasn't it like lead paint? <laughs> I think you're right, Emma. Because I, I, I meant to look it up and I didn't get a chance to do it before we started recording. I was like, <laughs> oh, you didn't get time to look up lead poisoning. I, did, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean to. Didn't get a chance to over dinner. Just get, get do a little light reading. I have. Like when you fall down one of those like <laughs> Wikipedia holes, where you're like, where did that plane that like crashed in 2014 go? Did we ever get an answer? Where did it go, Lewis? Well, they feel like they found some of it jade i hate to break it to you so they think it just crashed into the ocean well okay but where's the rest of it <laughs> at the bottom of the ocean jade. <laughs> I don't... anyway so yeah because i feel like if they did know that lead was poisonous bit dodgy for a family show <laughs> to be like we're gonna put the lead on the muppet's head but they probably didn't know they yeah. definitely didn't care they're all sitting in their asbestos homes jade <laughs> they don't know what's doing it was great when his neck collapsed. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I know, poor little Beaky. <laughs> and did you clock Bunsen was laughing at him? Yeah, at he had a end. really weird little breathy laugh. <laughs> Didn't care for that at all. <laughs> I feel like it was quite in character for him though to laugh yeah. like that. Yeah, it was like it was like a kind of like half-assed Muttley from I don't know, wacky races. Wacky races. Yeah, you know, catch the picture. Maybe. It was good. It was nice to see them. It was. And then we finally get to Fozzie's big roller skating extravaganza on stage. Oh, bless which... him. <laughs> oh, why is he still performing in front of that god-awful park flat? Like, yeah. it's just horrendous. I hate oh, it. Yeah. I'm so it's done with it. It's a terrible set. Such a bad it set. Is. Although weirdly, the first time it makes more sense for him to be in front of yes, that that's set, true. because at least he's on roller skates. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh. Emma, what did you think of this? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Jade, when I first saw that set again, I was like, oh no, like, where's this going? But it was actually really quite funny and... It was just kind of nice to see him kind of rolling around and the fact that he was like, I'm going to do this joke on one leg and skating backwards. And, you know, there were lots of like really fun bits like that. And, you know, I like the fact he had his skating puns and stuff. And um, it was it was really funny. And I love and when he kind of like skated off stage oh. as well and then he landed and tried to like grab up onto the balcony i thought that was quite funny as well it was very cute there was some good solid back and forth with Statler and Waldorf and Fozzie i thought yeah definitely and i also noticed that when he had his foot up and was doing that bit backwards and then when he lost control did you notice how much his ears were wiggling they were going absolutely crazy yeah i didn't know they could still do that i know me neither like i was like his ears still wiggle it was so cute it was so funny it's the perfect balance of fozzy is doing badly but it's done in a cute way and not a sad way it's exactly what we talked about for the entirety of the first season of this is no longer sad sack fozzy this is relentless optimism fozzy and comically failing, but in a way that's endearing and not off-putting. To be honest, it's as simple as they've gone. Fozzie's going to do some bad comedy. And. Yes. And they've added that and. And the and is actually funny. And it's it's totally working. Yeah. You know, having him on roller skates. Like, yes, 
I don't really need to ever see him on roller skates again. Like, that's not something we need to see. Not unless it's like in a Muppet movie style, we get to see his legs doing it. Yeah, that, of course. But mm. in this in this sort of context of like, oh, he's still not learned. It's like, I'm not really interested in Fozzie's development as a roller skater. Yes. But for this one episode, it was the perfect comedic runner to have for this episode. Or roller. <laughs> roller. Well, let's roll our way into the final number, shall we? Uh, what is the name of this song? It's called You're the One. I've been all over the world And I've seen all kinds of girls But baby, let me tell you that you're the one You know that I met this girl in Hong Kong Is this his big hit? No, this isn't. Oh! No. It's from the same album. It's from the same album, the 1976 album, and it's not the big hit. So so he doesn't do the big hit. I guess he didn't need to. He's doing a Madonna. It's like we're touring the new album, and if you want like a prayer, then yeah, all out of luck. (laughs) You should have been born 20 years earlier. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I guess maybe they did this so that he could sing it to Miss Piggy. That's the only reason I can. Yep. And le- and because I couldn't particularly see that chop, it was a new s- his ham hock. <laughs> oh, I love the fact that she had her little setup with her little champagne on her tail. And she was wearing her nice blouse that she was wearing in the yes. uh, Elton John episode. Clearly, that's a new outfit that she just got. It's her. Uh, it's her finale outfit now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Piggy was a love in life. She was like, I've got the prime table at Magic Mike Live and I am going to enjoy <laughs> every damn moment of it. Also, I felt like for the first time the Electric Mayhem set made a bit more sense to me that they'd put that mirror up and it just looked a bit more grand and a bit less, I don't know, just like crap top of the pops, which is sort of what I got from it before. I know you, I know you really like it. I, I do just don't... like it. I know you like it. It's fine. Well, good. That I'm saying like it made more sense to me this week. And also like the fact that you had the little like trumpeters and things with them. Their big band. Yeah. Their big band, which was like three extra Muppets, I, I think. Know. <laughs> and a mirror. <laughs> <Nah>. Yeah. <laughs> the cut to and the reveal of Piggy there with her table cracked me up. I was like, what's I know, it made no, it didn't make any, it's like... No logical sense. No, not even any, they didn't even do the pretense of like, we'll set some other tables up around it. No. You know, like it's dinner theatre or something, I don't know. Or like, you know, yeah, drinks at a cabaret venue. It's just, nah, just Piggy has planted herself on stage. (laughs) To watch Lou. She was loving it and she was really looking up at him and... It was fun to watch Piggy, but for ages, he was basically ignoring her. It was only near the end of the song that he actually started singing to her and interacting with her. Piggy, you've got to make her want it. Like, you can't. <laughs> well, 
But then he should have played that up a bit more because it just seemed like he forgot she was there. Well, to be fair, <laughs> we didn't cut to her until halfway through the song and she suddenly appeared. <laughs> Maybe for the first half of the song, she's dragging that table out and then her chair and then yeah. bringing out her champagne. So she's he's... like placing the champagne bottle Yeah, so she, he's actually trying to be professional, ignoring this big actress who is just dragging <laughs> a setup for her to sit down and then he's just rolling with it like it's a thing he might just be being incredibly professional maybe but <laughs> it was seemed a bit odd to me that she's giving it the full like kissy kissy and he's just like i'm just gonna sing out <laughs> to the to the rest of the crowd that aren't there Rather than this one Muppet that is definitely there. Yeah, it was a yeah. bit of an odd one. I did enjoy that she, near the end, when <laughs> in response to him, was like, I hear you, Lou. Tell me, tell me. Oh, no. like, it was very. I did feel like it was quite wish fulfillment for Piggy. Oh, <laughs> she definitely. was getting to join in with this song. Yeah. Um, I should say, as a sidebar, any and all of Lou's suits were my outfit of the week this week. Any single one of those would have been, I'll pop that straight into my wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> and then probably straight up in flames because there's no way they weren't all 100% polyester I love that you think that I don't own some polyester <laughs> <laughs> I loved this goodbye scene oh it was so cute I mean Lou again great. fully committing to the bit and I don't know how that he was doing that kind of like Unless he actually was on roller skates or they I had him on... I think he might have been on roller skates. Or if he was on some sort of, I don't know, like a little wooden plank on wheel. Do you know what I mean? Like something where they were just like careening him between, but... I feel like his balance might not have been as good if he wasn't actually in control yeah, of but it was the... Just, the thing is, it was just so smooth when he was yeah. doing it. I was so impressed by it. It was amazing. I just loved that we had Muppets just rolling everywhere. Like sometimes the goodbyes can feel quite static and a bit sort of like... Oh, it's the goodbyes. Mm. Yeah, guest comes out. La la la. Yeah. Music plays. They're doing so many more fun things. Like having this straight off the back of the Elton John one. It's just so joyful. It's just so... I don't know. For me, it just makes me really, really want to watch the next one. Because I'm just like, I just love spending time with these furry little guys. Like, it's just amazing. Yeah, it was super cute. Well, I will be very interested to see how we're each going to rank the episode. But first, we must decide upon our MVMP. Emma, why don't you start us off? Yeah, so my MVMP for this episode is... Fozzie Bear! Yay! Um, I just think he was really fun on his roller skates. I know I said earlier I was a bit like, oh no, I feel like we've gone back to season one. But actually, when you kind of look at it as a whole, and then like his final sketch as well, it was just so nice to see like Fozzy being Fozzy. He wasn't like sad sack Fozzy. He was just a lot of fun. And like we were saying earlier, like the sort of puppetry with him and all his movements, like it was so believable that he was on skates and kind of bobbing around and like crashing. And especially when he went through those exit doors, which was just so well done. Um, so I would say for this episode, my MVMP is Fozzy Bear. How about you, Jade? Fozzy on skates. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just amazing. The puppetry was incredible. We've talked about it at length, but he was on skates, no doubt about it. Fozzy is a badly skating bear. That's that's all you need to know about this episode. It was amazing. Lewis, three for three. It is free for free. It is fuzzy on skates. Uh, yeah, what? There, there could be no one else. 
no. Yeah, absolutely not. All right, let's move on to our rankings for the week. Emma, why don't you kick us off? So, uh, for this episode, I think I'm going to give it six and a half groovy people out of <laughs> ten. Mm. Overall, it was an enjoyable episode, but like I said earlier, I did have some flashbacks to season one, mm-hmm. and I was a bit like, oh no, what's going on? Especially with like the at the dance moment, and to be honest, as we've all said, the truly terrible UK spot. <laughs> but then it really picked up with Vet's Hospital, and the sort of really cute ukulele lady, and Muppet Labs, and also Lou as a guest overall. I think he did really well. He wasn't just kind of singing and not participating he showed a really good kind of acting persona as well when he was in his sketches so that's why I kind of decided to give it six and a half but like I said the sort of talk spot was a little bit clunky until it got to the song and at the dance really kind of knocked off a few (laughs) points for me so for this week and for this episode I'm gonna award it Six and a half groovy people out of ten. Um, how about you, Jade? Yeah, it's oh, this is quite a tricky one because I do feel like Lou Rawls has been a really, really great guest. Yeah. Um, and there are some really lovely moments in it, but there are definitely some things exactly like you've just said that definitely bring it down a bit. I'm actually going to give it seven out of ten scat scat boom booms. Primarily because I think as an overall episode, it is better than something like Alton John's episode because Lou just sells it so much better. And even though it has got things like at the dance and a bit of a weird talk spot going on. And the UK spot. And the UK spot. I was trying to forget about that. Yeah, me Um, me too. I think actually... This is a really quite a solid episode Mm. and it does show that they're going in the right direction. And I really enjoyed all the ways that they were trying to play with the form. And I don't know, I can't give... Frank is just doing such a good job with Fozzie in this episode. You can't give it too low because like, you just got to give it up for someone who is like just a master of their craft, goddammit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, seven out of ten scat scat boom booms. Yeah. Lewis? Um, I think I'm going to need a second opinion. Emma, could you uh, scan your blood sugar level, please? <laughs> okay. Drum roll, please. What if she's gone up to like nine, Lewis? What are you going to do then? We'll see, Jade. <laughs> you haven't thought 9.3. Oh, we're not giving it that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> My upper limit was a seven and a half. Uh, and I... <laughs> not for you. I want you to live, Emma. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> That's good to know. Gotcha. <laughs> um, uh, should I go with that? Do you know what? I think I... No, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to give it seven and a half big collared shirts out of ten. Um, <laughs> I I think it's a testament to how good the rest of the episode is that I enjoyed it as much as I did despite an ad the dance, despite the weird UK spot. Um, it's just really fun. Lou is a great guest. I love the simplicity of the runner and how they make it literally roll onto stage i think it's really well structured and hopefully a sign of good things continuing to come so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to my original write down and not go for emma's blood sugar level because that is a bit too high and uh and go for seven and a half big collared shirts out of ten all right let's roll our way over to jade's muppet book club corner club 
What have you got for us this week? I did it. <laughs> you did it. I did. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So today is Louise Gold's birthday. Happy birthday, Louise Gold. Way to steal my thunder, but that's fine. <laughs> Uh, so I thought I'd read a little segment from Of Muppets and Men that talks about Louise in honour of her birthday. So this is from Of Muppets and Men by Christopher Finch. And Christopher Finch writes, Louise Gold, the only British member of the Muppet Company, has also been a considerable asset so far as the musical resources of the troupe are concerned. A volatile redhead with the offstage manner of a latter-day Tallulah Bankhead, mm-hmm. though somewhat less restrained. She has been blessed with a voice that carries and a gift for invective that adds a certain spice to life around Studio D. No Shrinking Violet, the Wee's Gold, inside one of the Muppet Monsters, enlivened one royal variety performance by attempting to embrace Prince Charles. Born in London, the Wee's Gold attended the Arts Education School and before joining the Muppets worked in repertory theatres in various parts of England. A fine singer with a gift for vocal parody, she is often featured in production numbers. Her most notable characterization on the show has been Annie Sue, Miss Piggy's sweet, young and talented admirer who may well be an Eve Harrington in the making. <laughs> oh, Louise Gold sounds fab. Yeah. Louise Gold, if you're listening. Oh. I was going to say, if you're listening, you're always welcome on the show. Always. Anybody who's described as a l- less held back to Lula Bankhead, that is, you are right in my wheelhouse. Quite a... a... I was going to say accolade, but I don't know if that's quite the right word. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, amazing. Happy birthday, Louise Gold. And? Emma, is it someone else's birthday soon? I forget. I don't know. Is it? Who? Well, I do also share my birthday with uh, Trixie Mattel and Gene Kelly. So (laughs) I noticed as well that it was Richard Hunt's birthday, I think, this week too. And it's like, Lewis, I feel like you've missed your calling in puppeteering. Like, clearly it's a... (laughs) It's a natural, a natural thing for you Leos to do. I have done my time with puppets. <laughs> I have done puppets at Christmas. <laughs> that is enough. Although they were nowhere near as good as Muppet puppets. They were just sock puppets. <laughs> sock puppets for Christmas. A sock puppet for Christmas. <laughs> that sounds like a very, very sad Jacqueline Wilson book or something. Oh my know. god. Or I was going to say the, like, the weirdest Hallmark holiday movie you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like there'll be two oh like God, the- very plain but beautiful people looking at each other in a snowy scene and they're both just holding a sock puppet each <laughs> looking like I themselves. do love a Hallmark holiday Christmas film. <laughs> I mean, there's like one that I saw that was called Merry and Bright and it was from their surnames of the two main characters. <laughs> uh, like Rosemary and Time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh there are some great ones anyway we've got a long way till christmas yet so until we get there thank you so much for listening to muppetational if you enjoyed the episode don't forget to subscribe rate and review as it really helps spread the word about the podcast you can follow us on social media we are at muppetational on instagram twitter tiktok and facebook you can contact us or send birthday well wishes to hi-ho at <laughs> muppetspodcast.com <laughs> so thirsty I can give out my cash app in case you want to send me a gift and you can find out (laughs) and you can find out more about us and the podcast at muppetspodcast.com and you can DM me for my cash app anyway (laughs) 
Please don't. As my last desperate act as a 29-year-old, I would like to (laughs) say thank you to you all for joining us. I have been Lewis Chandler. I was going to wish you happy birthday, and now I'm like, no. Happy birthday, Lewis. I've been Jake Turner. (laughs) And I've been Emma Chandler. And she's not wishing you happy birthday. Oh, my God. I hope you choke on a Freddo. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday. Thank you. You, She can't choke on a Freddo, Lewis. She has to keep doing these funny obituaries for us, okay? Don't don't say that. And Emma Chandler died eating a Freddo. (laughs) (laughs) We shall see you next week on another older episode of Muppet Sational. Bye. Bye. By which I mean we'll be older. It won't be an old episode. <laughs> God's sake. Uh, You'll be older. Yes, that would get, we're very on there. <laughs> it's nearly your birthday, Emma. True. Right, that's enough. <laughs> Bye. 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 Our theme music is Peppy Pepe by Kevin MacLeod and our artwork is designed by Charlotte Rudge who you can follow at at charlie underscore r underscore rudge on Instagram. That was a funny show. Yes, it was. I wonder if they meant it that way. (laughs) 